Chapter Nine of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: Waiting. Do you remember where we left Ben Bryant and Mister Holden? Actually, that long, long night wore away, and the gray dawn of the early Sabbath morning stole over the world without their having been able to find the right person to give them a clue to the possible whereabouts of the one they sought. The nearest approach to it had been the confident statement of one of the train switchmen. Depend upon it, she got on to the wrong train somehow. I don't know how they do it, but they do such things sometimes, and you can't make head nor tail to it. How they could have done it, nor what they did anyhow, but it all comes out right in the end. It was this faint hope which brought both Ben and the minister to the station again, just as the morning was breaking, with a faint idea of telegraphing somewhere to learn about possible mistakes in trains. Ben had been home to see how Daisy was doing, and had said everything comforting he could to his mother, taking pains to explain to her how many people had said that of course Line was safe somewhere because it simply was not possible that anything very terrible could have happened to her in so short a time. And his mother, white to her very lips, had yet smiled on him and told him he was a brave, faithful boy, and her comfort, then had said earnestly, We must pray, Ben, pray as we never have before. It is our only refuge." Then Ben, almost choking to keep back his tears, had rushed out again into the night. But before joining Mr. Holden, he had gone around to the little shed where they kept wood and coal, and bowing there in the darkness, had prayed as he felt sure he never prayed before. A little later he stood beside Mr. Holden, listening while that gentleman asked questions of the telegraph operator. Your best plan will be to wait until the morning express comes in from Elizabethtown, explained that official. The men who come in then are regular railroad hands, and know all that goes on. If there was any mixing up of trains last night, they can tell you all about them, and they will know the conductors of the different trains and where to reach them. It will be along in thirty minutes. I don't see anything for you but to wait until then." Waiting is the hardest part of what we have had to do all night, isn't it, Ben, my boy? said Mr. Holden, turning with a sympathizing smile, and resting his hand on the boy's shoulder. Some way the kindly act and word seemed to take away every vestige of Ben's self-control. He had never fainted in his life, but the room began to swim about in a strange fashion, and if he had not clutched one of the pillars which supported the building— he would have fallen to the floor. As it was, he struggled and swallowed, and told himself that he would not fall, and he would get over this dizziness without letting anybody know about it. He was a miserable baby, not fit to be trusted to take care of his mother. And the thought of his mother brought back the blood to its place and its duty. In a minute or two more he was able to turn and ask, almost in a natural tone of voice, "'What time is it now, Mr. Holden?' And Mr. Holden drew his watch and carefully noted the time, as though Ben had a chronometer which needed regulating at that moment. It was just at that moment that the telegraph operator said, 
mr holden this way if you please mr holden and ben started as though it had been one pair of feet that bore them both what is it said mr holden nothing sir said the operator eyeing ben anxiously only there is a dispatch coming for mrs bryant this in a lower tone intended only for the minister's ears give it to me at once said ben in a voice that he did not recognize as his own and mr holden said quietly we keep nothing from ben mr west he is his mother's dependence and then ben knew he must bear whatever was coming for his mother's sake hurrah said the operator with sudden change of voice listen to this little girl safe took wrong train will be in on the ten o'clock run from this city what city said mr holden as ben leaned against the pillar again for support the dispatch is dated at philadelphia and sent by the conductor of number eleven caroline must have made connection with his train somehow i don't understand it but when the morning express gets in the conductor can tell you how it was it was a strange sunday for the first time in their remembrance none of the bryant family went to church daisy was still hoarse and mrs bryant was too anxious to leave her as well as too weary from her night's vigil to attend as for ben he felt sure he could not sit still and at the same time keep awake you ought not to try to keep awake the mother said compassionately as she looked at his haggard face poor boy a night's watching and anxiety have told upon you never mind said ben everything is all right line will be home to-morrow just to think of her being in philadelphia mother do you suppose she will go to church mrs bryant shook her head you forget what dress and hat she has my son sure enough and her dress was torn and soiled but then i believe if i were there in this jacket and trousers i should go caroline will not said her mother positively and i cannot blame her she has at least been able always to be neat in her dress ben at his mother's suggestion took a long nap then took his turn in caring for an interesting daisy and they all occupied themselves more or less with questions such as these i wonder what line is doing now where do you think she can be staying all day do you suppose she is very lonesome on the whole they were all glad when the day was done and they could retire to rest saying to themselves as they closed their eyes caroline will be here to-morrow it isn't as though i had sent her away on a visit with everything about her in order and comfortable mrs bryant told herself as she rested her weary head on her pillow it is the unnaturalness of the whole thing and the terrible suspense connected with it what a night it was and she shuddered over the mere thought of it and felt as though when once her mother arms were closed about her darling she would never let her go away from them again monday was easier the necessity for working all day which was upon them made the time pass more rapidly by five o'clock in the afternoon mrs bryant and daisy were dressed for the station and waiting for ben 
i am so glad i am well enough to go daisy said gleefully mother it is real good that i didn't get very sick isn't it it would have been so hard for line not to see me as soon as she got off the train yes indeed said mrs bryant stooping to kiss her fair little daughter we have a great deal to be thankful for if line had found you coughing and feverish it would have been very hard for her i am afraid she has worried a great deal about you you are so liable to take a severe cold when you get your feet wet it seems like a special providence that you escaped then came ben in hot haste hurry up mother please he said breathlessly we shall have to walk briskly to be in time for the train it seemed as though i was never going to get away everybody wanted something extra however they arrived at the station ten minutes before the train was due and learned that it was fifteen minutes late never mind said ben to daisy's disappointed look twenty-five minutes isn't long to wait think of hours and hours that is where i stood when the man was telling mr holden all about he didn't know what might have happened some of the things seemed hard i had to lean against the pillars to keep me from tumbling over i was so scared at my own thoughts then i went and stood outside in the cold and leaned against the door some of the time i couldn't breathe inside oh it was a night to remember for a good while poor ben said daisy pityingly mother and i had a hard time too i felt so sorry for mother you can't think some of the time i couldn't decide whether it would be better to be hoarse and cough and so give her something real hard to think about and keep her from wondering about line or whether it would be better to be real well and not give her an anxious hour ben broke into a merry laugh could you arrange to do whichever you decided would be best for mother he asked why no said daisy slowly of course not only i could keep back the cough a little you know and not talk to show i was hoarse or i could cough and let her think about that for a while and i didn't know which was best and which did you do daisy it was as perplexing a situation as i ever heard of why at last i decided to be just myself and not try to make believe anything and ask god to help her bear it all that was a wise little woman said ben unable to resist kissing the somewhat pale cheek of his darling even though they were in the station and several people were looking at them there comes mr holden said daisy as the door opened for the twentieth time since they stood there i wonder if he has come to meet line it appeared that he had he came over to them and shook hands all around and asked particularly after daisy telling her she was the most sensible little woman he knew to decide to get well and be on hand to welcome her sister home several other people came over and shook hands with mrs bryant some whom she did not suppose knew who she was inquired kindly after caroline and told her they had sympathized with her in her anxiety and was so glad to hear that caroline was well among others came the kedwins rufus and fanny and to mrs bryant's surprise mrs kedwin herself 
i could hardly get away she said shaking hands with mrs bryant just near to supper time you know but i had to come down to the market and says i to myself i'll just run over and see with my own eyes that line is all right and give her a shaking maybe for scaring us all out of our senses land alive what a night it was wasn't it i didn't sleep two hours myself i kept thinking what if it was my fanny and to think it should be one of your children when you are always so careful of them and mine have to knock around almost any way i ought not to be surprised most any day if they do not come home but i should be well it isn't as if she had done anything wrong it wasn't even her fault to begin with rufus ought to have taken more care to see she was on the right train he often goes out to the junction on that train and he ought to have known all about it and kept watch i told him so when i found out by questioning him how it all was i gave him a good lecture after i found that line was safe i hadn't the heart to do it before for the poor fellow was so miserable i didn't know but it would make him sick he took it to heart worse than fanny i believe but i tell him that was because he was to blame and then the train whistled and all the people started up and tried to get out of the door at once and the train came thundering into the station with a final shriek which ben could not help thinking sounded like a cry of desperation instead of triumph and they looked up and down and right and left for caroline but no caroline appeared she is in the conductor's care remember said mr holden's reassuring voice ben if i were you i wouldn't go on the cars you do not know which one she is in the wisest way is just to stand here with eyes wide open and watch for the conductor he came presently but no caroline was with him the group pressed toward him where is caroline asked ben touching his arm the conductor turned and looked at him with a bewildered air and a slight frown and mr holden asked are you conductor brinker the man shook his head brinker only comes to the junction he said i conduct the train from there ben turned in despair then where can line be he said but at that moment another blue-coated man came hurriedly toward them and the conductor said there's brinker now he came on it seems hello brinker come this way here is a party asking for you the bryant family the man asked turning hurriedly at the sound of his name and pushing his way through the crowd to reach them yes said ben we are here where is line End of chapter nine